I want to thank those of you who responded to the one minute four question survey that we asked people to share their experience as a Christian and as making disciples. The questions that you answered were questions that the Barna group recently asked Christians. And though all, although our numbers from First Church uh, aren't large enough to be statistically significant, they did very closely match those that the Barna group found. So let me share some of those results with you. The first statement that we asked you to respond to was this. Part of my faith means being a witness for Jesus. Do you agree or disagree with that statement? Well, Barna found that 96% of Christians across all age groups agreed. And we found that everyone at First Church agreed. The second statement was this. The best thing that could ever happen to someone is for them to come to know Jesus. Agree or disagree? Again, Barna found that 96% of Christians agreed, and we found that everyone agreed with that statement. And the final statement was this. It is wrong to share one's personal beliefs with someone of a different faith in hopes that they will one day share that same faith. Agree or disagree? And this is where the results get interesting. 28% of Christians agreed, and among practicing Christians in their 20s and 30s, 46% agreed. At First Church, 19% agreed with that statement. And what this means is that a significant number of Christians believe that it is wrong to share our personal beliefs with a non-Christian. And I think that difference explains why some Christians, especially young Christians, feel confused, frustrated, even guilty when they read Matthew 28 and hear Jesus say that we are to make disciples of all nations. Some people feel like they should share their faith because it's the best thing that's ever happened to them, and they feel like it's wrong for them to share their faith. Right now, I'm reading a book called Bless, Five Everyday Ways to Love Your Neighbor and Change the World. It's written by Dave Ferguson and John Ferguson. And in this book, they describe the conversation that's going on in many people's heads. It's a conversation that sounds something like this. My faith has made a huge difference for me, and I know it could help others. Jesus tells us that it's good news, and I know I should share it, but whenever I try to present the gospel, I feel like I'm selling a used car or I'm part of a pyramid scheme. So maybe what I'm hearing from society, that evangelism is wrong, is actually right. Perhaps I shouldn't even try doing this. Now, if that's how you feel when you think about sharing the gospel and making disciples, I hope I have good news for you today, because I want to invite you to make disciples by taking your next step in being a disciple. Dallas Willard has written, if we would make disciples, we should be disciples. And that's, I think, where we need to focus this morning. And we're going to explore what it means to be a disciple by looking at three scriptures. And in each scripture, we will identify an action step that we can take to live into the words that Jesus offered in Matthew 28. And we're going to start 
with a scripture that we focused on Easter Sunday, the story of the Emmaus Road when the two travelers see Jesus. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. They asked each other, Were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures for us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them, assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. The first step in becoming a disciple is to see Jesus. I don't have to tell you that not everyone does. Some people don't even believe Jesus was a real person who actually walked the earth, let alone that he rose from the dead and offers eternal life to anyone who believes in him and chooses to follow him. Now, historically and academically speaking, it is difficult to support the opinion that Jesus never existed because there's a lot of evidence that Jesus really did walk the earth and Jesus really did rise from the dead. So what makes some people choose to become a Christian and other people choose to believe that Jesus was maybe something like just a good teacher? I would say that people choose to become a Christian when they see Jesus. That's what happened to the two travelers on the road to Emmaus. They were leaving. They heard the news that Jesus was dead. And so they were giving up. But then their eyes were opened when they were at the table with Jesus. And it all clicked. They realized, weren't our hearts burning within us while we talked on the road? And he opened up the scriptures to us. Has it clicked for you? Do you see Jesus not just as a good teacher, but as the risen Christ? I remember when it clicked for me. I was 14 years old. I grew up going to church because that was what good people did. I went to Sunday school, so I knew the stories. I sat next to my grandmother in church. I loved to sing the hymns but I didn't see Jesus until I went to a rally and I, I, I felt my heart strangely warmed. At that time, I didn't know the story about the two on the road to Emmaus. I didn't know that story about them and their hearts burning when they were with Jesus. I didn't know the story of John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, and that he had his heart strangely warmed when he was reading a commentary on the book of Romans and it all clicked for him and he was assured of his salvation in Jesus Christ. I didn't know those stories. I just knew that Jesus became real for me. I saw that Jesus wasn't just a religious person who could offer wise advice and beautiful words. Jesus became personal, doing something inside of me. I'm preaching from the fuse box because my experience of seeing Jesus for the first time as a teenager is quite common. I went to church before that, but I would say that I became a Christian at age 14. And that might be your story too. Most Christians say that they became a Christian before the age of 18. 
And that is what most of you who participated in the survey said. Over 80% of you responded that you accepted Christ as a child or a student. It's one of the reasons First Church has invested so heavily in children and youth ministry. We know that spiritual formation of our young people is one of the best ways to begin the process of making disciples. But not all of us have the blessing that I had of seeing Jesus as a child or as a teenager. And maybe right now you are thinking, I wish that I could experience my heart being strangely warmed. I wish that I could see Jesus and he would not just be someone that I hear about and learn about. If that's where you are, I wanna give you a very simple action step that you can take to follow Jesus's command to make disciples. Make disciples by starting with yourself. Pray that God would open your eyes, open the eyes of your heart so that you can see Jesus. And if God has recently opened your eyes and filled your heart, do what the two travelers on the road to Emmaus did. Tell your story to one of Jesus's disciples. But some of us had the eyes of our hearts opened long ago. That's why we're here. Being a Christian is part of our identity. And if that's you, I wanna invite you to come with me and consider the next step in making disciples. Matthew 4, 18 through 22. As Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you fishers of men. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called them, and immediately they left the boat and their father and followed him. I wasn't a disciple at age 14. I had taken the first step. I was a Christian. I saw Jesus, but I wasn't yet following Jesus. It may seem surprising to hear this, but Dallas Willard writes that there is apparently no real connection between being a Christian and being a disciple of Jesus. What does he mean? <laughs> I think he wants us to understand that being a Christian is about what you believe and being a disciple is about what you do. <laughs> not just in your church life, but in your whole life. And unfortunately, a lot of people who identify as Christians don't live any differently from the people around them. Think for a moment about the scripture that you just heard. Peter and Andrew left their fishing nets to follow Jesus. And James and John not only left their boat, they left their father. They committed their lives to following Jesus, to eating with him, receiving his teaching, walking with him from town to town, seeing him interact with the crowds, healing the people, responding to the criticisms and questions of the Pharisees. They walked in his dust. What kind of people 
leave their source of livelihood, leave their family in order to do that? Disciples. Disciples are committed to learn how to be like Jesus and to follow Jesus. Disciples live differently because Jesus is their Savior. Jesus is their Lord. Jesus is Lord of all, Lord of their time, Lord of their money, Lord of their entertainment, Lord of their relationships, Lord of all. How do you live differently from those around you because you follow Jesus? 17 years after I became a Christian, I would say I became a disciple. This is where I started following Jesus as a disciple. When Ken and I moved to Williamsport almost 30 years ago now, I started coming to this church. I learned to pray. I had prayed as a Christian. I would offer grace before a meal sometimes. I would pray when I was in concerned about something, worried, needed something from God. I would pray when I was on a religious kick. Um, but as a disciple, I learned to pray as a regular way to communicate with God. And it changed my heart. As a disciple, I learned to study scripture. I knew the stories before, but as a disciple, I learned how they all fit together. And I learned how scripture can transform your mind. And I started to think differently because my mind and my thinking was being shaped by God's word. As a Christian, I participated in the offering when I went to worship. And I thought that I was giving a lot if I put $20 in the plate. As a disciple, I learned that I have been so hugely blessed by God and I wanted to give God back a tithe, a full 10% of my earnings. And so Ken and I have done that for a number of years and it has changed what we treasure. Being a disciple uh, is different from being a Christian. If you're already a Christian, you see Jesus. The next step is to move from being a Christian to being a disciple, to follow Jesus. And I don't know what practice might help you to do that, but to help you figure that out, I want to invite you to consider a definition of disciple that is based on some of the writing that Dallas Willard has done. A disciple is the person Jesus would be if Jesus were you. I love that definition. And what I love about it is that it recognizes that we are all so wonderfully unique. You don't have to be like me and I don't have to be like you. We all get to be the person that God has created us to be. And so think about your life. If Jesus were you, what is the first thing that you think Jesus would do? Start there. It's a great place to start in seeking to live as a disciple. And if you need more guidance, let me invite you to consider what area of ministry may God have equipped you to do? Do you love worship? Are you passionate about discipleship? Or maybe you have a heart for serving the community and being engaged with the people around us, a blessing to those in our community. Talk to one of the staff or contact the church office. We would love to be able to help you take your next step by helping you to get plugged into ministry.
To follow Jesus as a disciple, commit to one action that you will either start doing or stop doing. Because while we never graduate from being disciples, we do reach a point where we're ready to take another step. So, for those of you who have been following Jesus as disciples for a while, the final step is to make other disciples. So, I want to invite you to hear one more passage of Scripture. Listen to Paul as he writes to the church in Corinth. The scripture today is 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. I am writing this not to shame you, but to warn you as my dear children. Even if you had 10,000 guardians in Christ, you do not have many fathers. For in Christ Jesus, I became your father through the gospel. Therefore, I urge you to imitate me. I don't know how you feel when you hear Paul's words, I urge you to imitate me. He actually writes the same things in other places. He writes that similar instruction in 1 Thessalonians and in Philippians. And Paul isn't being arrogant when he writes that. He is urging the Corinthians to imitate him as he imitates Christ. He explains that a little bit more later on in the letter. The only reason that Paul can say, I want you to imitate me, is because he is a disciple who seeks to imitate Jesus. He's following Jesus. He's seeking to be the person Jesus would be if Jesus were Paul. He is laser focused on imitating Christ. You may hear, imitate me, and think, I would never want to say that to someone. I know how imperfect I am. And if that's how you feel, I want to affirm your self-awareness and your humility and refer you back to step two. Because all of the reasons why you feel that you are incapable of inviting others to imitate you are behaviors and character traits that you can work on with Jesus as you seek to follow him as a disciple. Maybe you aren't ready to say, imitate me. Maybe you need to focus more on following Jesus as a disciple, and that's okay. But I also wanna share why I think it took me 17 years to become a disciple after I became a Christian at age 14. I think that part of the reason is that there was no one in my life saying, imitate me as I imitate Christ. I was around the church. I participated in some formal discipleship opportunities. I was a part of some Bible studies. But there was no one who served as a mentor to me. There was no one who taught me and challenged me and held me accountable. I think when, uh, about when I embraced this last step in making disciples, when I think of that, I think of my home. And so that's why we're here in my kitchen. Uh, Ken and I have three adult children, all of whom are not just churchgoers, uh, not just Christians, but they're disciples. They are people who follow Jesus. And when I think of the disciples whom I've made in my lifetime, the very first people that I think of are Eric, Carrie, and Scott. 
Remember, most people who become Christians do so before the age of 18. Parents, if you, you have the opportunity to make disciples, not just of your own children, but of their friends and children of this church, and there is nothing more important than doing all that you can to help your faith be real and transformational for the precious ones whom God has entrusted to your care. You are their most significant spiritual influence, not the church. So do everything that you can to be a disciple who, like Paul, can say to the children who are a part of your life, imitate me as I imitate Christ. Show your children what it looks like to follow Jesus. You won't do it perfectly, but commit to doing it so that they have that example and can grow as a disciple of Jesus. But maybe, like me, you don't have young children at home. I realize now how much time I invested in my children because now that they aren't at home, I have a lot more time and I can choose what I do with that. Some of you who are around my age can relate to that. How are you using your time in this season of your life to make disciples? I want to share with you a choice that I have made recently that I hope is going to allow me a greater opportunity to make disciples by building some new relationships. In July, I will become a part-time pastor at First Church. I will continue in my role as teaching pastor, but I will be spending about half as much time at the church as I do now. And I want to be transparent and tell you that the primary reason for this transition is personal. Being part-time will allow me to spend more time with my family who lives far away. And I am especially eager to spend more time with my first grandchild, Silas. But as I have anticipated this change, I've come to recognize and appreciate another opportunity that it will give me. For many years, my time and energy and relationships have all been focused on this church. I love this church. I love you. But I feel like God is inviting me to broaden my relationships and to learn to love God's people who are not part of a church. As teaching pastor here, I have committed to doing all that I can do to be a disciple, to walk in Jesus's dust. I want to drink deeply of God's word and to be a spiritual mother who can say to others, imitate me as I imitate Christ. But I feel excited about the opportunity to be sent and to make disciples among God's people who may not come to church to experience Jesus, but who might catch a glimpse of who he is and be able to see him because they know me. To whom can you say, imitate me as I imitate Christ? If you have kids at home, the answer is easy. 
And since parenting is in the rear view mirror for me, I want to encourage you that the sacrifices that you are making in this season of your life are worth it. But if you aren't actively parenting and you are a disciple, a committed follower of Jesus, to whom can you say, imitate me as I imitate Christ? Can you make disciples by giving some of your time to other people's children? Talk to Julia. She is doing great work, and she would love to talk with you about being on her team. Jesus' final word to his disciples before he ascended into heaven was make disciples of all nations. Making disciples is part of the DNA of a disciple. For some of us, we need to first see Jesus. If that is you, I invite you to pray that Jesus would open the eyes of your heart so that you can discover who he is as Lord of all. Others of us need to stop being Christians who consume religious goods and services and start being disciples who follow Jesus and are committed to changing the way that we live so that we can be faithful in doing that. If that is you, what do you need to start doing or stop doing so that you can be more like Jesus? And finally, to those who have been following Jesus for a while, who is imitating you as you imitate Christ? Do you need to be more intentional about reflecting to your children? Or are there other relationships that you need to invest in so that you can make disciples? Regardless of what step you are on, Jesus reminds all of us in his closing words that we don't have to take any of these steps on our own. Jesus says to you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen.